everyone and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the editor-in-chief here at Android Central and I have my lovely friends with me today. Jerry Hildenbrand, hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I, I'm actually, I'm not tired. I am in good spirits. I am great. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I was waiting for you to say, uh, wait till the end of this podcast and that's all going to change. <laughs> nah, nah, this is going to be a good one. Uh, yeah, I've got Andrew Myrick. Hello, hello. What's up? Uh, not much. I've got Nick Sutrick. Hi, Nick. Hey. Hey. I'm back on one computer again. <laughs> I'm really happy. For those of you who probably didn't know, Nick had quite a few technical difficulties for quite some time, but he's finally back on track with that all. So I'm happy. Yeah, if it involves PCs, I have technical difficulties. Just, yeah. that's it. That's how it goes. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we've got a lot of things that I want to talk about. Um, I will say one thing, though, because I think a lot of people probably are going to assume that we are going to be talking about the Pixel reviews that we all did, and they were published last week. Um, I actually chose, in the lineup of conversations that we had today, I chose to not do that because... I think it's, I mean, this is a conversation to have in its, in its of itself, which is that I, I find it really annoying when companies say, oh, you have a week to review something and then here, go ahead, put a comprehensive review out. And we at Android Central, we don't, we don't like that because it just, we, we feel like it's such a disservice to our readers and we know how much you, you love reading our reviews. And so we will be talking about those devices, but uh, what we ended up doing is we did an initial review, which which meant that we had the device for about a week. And then we're going to be updating those reviews with a comprehensive, more in-depth review uh, in about a month's time. So um, stay tuned for that. You know, all of our writers have been working really hard on that. Uh, but if you are not hearing about that today, that is that is wise, because having a device for a week and then putting out a comprehensive review just is doesn't do just doesn't do any service to you guys. So I'm going to jump right into our first topic of conversation, though. Uh, it's an article that was written yesterday. Uh, it's titled Google Home is set to pick up a ton of long awaited upgrades. Google recently conducted a Reddit AMA to learn what home app users actually want to be added to the smart home platform. In response to requests from users, the company confirms it will add the ability to create home screen widgets for device toggles. Camera notification previews will also be expected to all Wear OS 3 Plus smartwatches that are paired with an Android 14 based smartphone. In hindsight, this seems like a really great thing. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about it. I'm very happy. I love the Google Home app these days. It used to be garbage. It's not anymore. Um, I, I think of all the things that are listed here, my favorite is the auto home and away modes based on what Wi-Fi network your phone is connected to. Um, it's important for me in particular because I still use a Nest... God help me with the name of it. Secure, whatever the keypad's alarm thing is, right? The one that's not supported after April of next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, setting home and away is is an important thing that I use that for, and that that helps guide routines and all sorts of other stuff. And once that is not supported anymore, obviously I have to figure out another way to do it. And this is an even better way because I don't even have to think about it. 
And I don't have to worry that, you know, I'm connected to the wrong network and it's going to screw that up or something. There's only one network that's called what it's called in my house or anywhere else, right? So it's awesome to see this uh, come out and, and sort of help drive automation with smart homes because I know that's another big issue with a lot of smart home stuff is like you still need a lot of apps i know matter exists but where, where are we what we yeah where are we really with matter yeah let's be, like let's i mean honest. it's it's there but you know obviously it's gonna take a lot longer for companies to to get this stuff integrated so if we can have things like this that you know further help add automation to what is consistently a pain in the butt to use it's great and that's i, I really think that's something this app has been doing a phenomenal job of in the last, I don't think it's been quite a year since this relaunch, at least the last couple of months. I'd love to actually get Jerry's perspective on this because the thing that caught my attention the most about this, I mean, listen, I think it's really great that, you know, Google is trying to improve Google Home and, you know, you know, do all of these long awaited upgrades. But what kind of caught my attention with this article is the fact that Google conducted a Reddit AMA. And I almost wonder and this is where I would love to get Jerry's perspective, which is I almost wonder if Google should always do something like this when they're considering doing any kind of update because they're actually catering to what people want as opposed to just doing something. Um, and, you know, listen, I'm sure. Or. Or. Did they ignore the questions and the things people wanted that they don't plan to do and talk up big about the few people who wanted something that they were already doing. Or that. Yeah, that's a good, that's yeah, a good I, point. I, but I agree with you. Crowdsourcing is, is a big deal. And if you crowdsource ideas to upgrade your apps, that, that admittedly, Google mu must like it, but everybody thought that the home app was kind of janky and, and, and messed up and needed a lot of love. That, that's a great place to you know get ideas from the people that use it because apparently the people at google that use it uh don't want the same things that the people who buy the products use you know want. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know what's actually funny about that is i've seen um some places say this about the pixel watch too like google went on reddit and just wrote down a bunch of stuff that people wanted and <laughs> And, and is that wrong? No. Use it to fix it. No, it's a great idea. Yeah, but for all you know, they, they did that. Yeah, like for all you know, they probably did that. And this is where I'm like, I'm sure Google, Apple, Samsung, you know, all of these big companies, OnePlus, I'm sure they have like in-house researchers or they work with analysts. Like I'm, I'm very, very certain that they work with them to ask them like, okay, what are the trends? What are you seeing? What, what is the, what are you seeing in, in the market? Like what should our next device look like but i am for sure certain that these companies will go into the reddit reddit forums and be like okay let's see what people are saying like what do people want i, I honestly why would you not it's free yeah <laughs> like, exactly this this is like the easiest thing you could possibly use as market research just go on there it's free be like hey look at all these great ideas i i don't want to name the company because i don't want to get anybody in trouble lg but uh <laughs> I, I know for a fact that a mid-level executive from this company spent half of his day reading Android forums, Android websites, and Reddit to see the feedback about their products. And that's, that's great. I'm sure they also read us. Like, you no, know, we, we joke about how, you know, oh, LOL, like, um, 
you know, Nick, I think you said like, oh, Google finally did this up update. I wonder if they read my article. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they read something you wrote because the things that we write can also influence the way that people think about things. Um, but I just I just thought it was funny. I, I want to go back to these updates and complain. Do it. Yeah, sorry. I completely because, derailed that conversation. Because, <laughs> all right, you've. I, and I know it's early preview, whatever the hell you want to call it, but you you built the home app for the web, and that's awesome. When can I adjust my thermostat? Like I used to be able to from the Nest website. I I go to their you you go to their home app, I guess you call it on the web, and right now it's nothing but cameras, which is cool. It's cool to be able to click a, a bookmark and see what my front door camera sees. But I also want to click a bookmark because right now it's a little chilly. And I want to just, you know, bang, set the temperature up a notch. But instead, you know, of using my phone or yelling out for the, hey, Google, I'm cold. Why not just, hey, it worked. Uh, put that on the web, too. You, you already had the framework for it with the Nest website. Do it. Stop being lazy. You know, it's funny that you say that because I didn't even realize that's all the the web UI show it. I just pulled it up and yeah, you're right. It has, well, it, it has the automation script editor and stuff, which is really cool. And maybe that's what they've been focusing on, but still let's get, let's get that thermostat on there. I, I wonder like, is this for some sort of security reason? Uh, like I, I really can't see why they would withhold those functions from a web interface. I, I don't think they're trying to withhold them. I just think they haven't got to them. Yet. Could be. But still, I, I just needed to complain, and I needed to find something to complain about because the rest of what they're doing is pretty good. Sure. The widgets and stuff, that's great. I just want to be able to adjust my thermostat. Yeah, and, and I love all the Wear OS integration. Like, it is so nice to look at my watch and see the camera see, it, yeah. and not have to pull out my phone. I know it sounds lazy, but it's, it's, it's nice to have one thing, everything in the one notification, right? It, this is the kind of small things you keep adding and adding that brings big value to Wear OS. Yeah, it's I, I've been really happy and I also like that it's it's coming to other right. Wear OS watches and not just Pixel watches or whatever because I know that's that's been an issue of mine with phones too is, you know, when you pull down the notification shade and you click on the device controls, a lot of phones still have the old UI whereas if you pull it up on a Pixel or I don't remember what other phones have it at this point. You have the full Google Home UI, and I can't remember what they call the thing, but I would love to see that UI moved to more phones, just like they're doing this with more Wear OS watches, because that, that UI is so good, and it's so nice to have it. I think the only other thing I want is to put it back in the power button menu. <laughs> that was the best thing, and I miss it, because now i got to click a whole bunch of things to get to where a literal one button press would get me to on Android 11. My dad, my dad has this saying that if you wish in one hand and you do something else in the other hand, which will get filled up first. And I don't want to say what the other else thing is, God. but uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> okay, let's talk about um, something else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not the same something else, I hope. No, it's not the same something else. Uh, something else, but uh, with respect to Pixel 8, um, this past week, one of our uh, uh, freelance writers, who you all know, Michelle Rahman, uh, wrote an article for us, and it's titled, Why the Pixel 8's Face Unlock Upgrade is a Big Deal. 
I don't have many opinions on this, so I'm going to just sit back. But I do know that all three of you have a lot of opinions about this. So Face unlock is bad, and you should feel bad if you like here it. Here you go. I'm yeah, handing it, <laughs> handing it, handing it to a, a on a platter for you guys to talk. Enjoy. <laughs> Biometrics are bad, and you should feel bad. There you go. I'll go a step further. Put up, and you know what? I I, I want to say I think Michelle is the smartest man alive. At least he's the smartest human being I've ever met. But I completely disagree with him here. It's it's. What we were talking about before, Google listening to users, that's why this is there. It's, I, I don't know how they got security certifications for it. It's not using the right hardware that it needs. Don't use it. Don't use it for your banking apps and all this other crap that Google says it's safe for. It's not. Don't do it. I'm, I'm going to back Jerry up on this. Uh, having used it for the last week just to test it, I hate it. <laughs> it's unreliable. It doesn't work. I mean, it doesn't work half the time. I'll look at the phone. Sometimes it'll recognize me and sometimes it won't. I'm pretty sure I don't change throughout the day. So. That's good, though. Well, I mean, is it? Because I've, I've even tried side, to. Yes. Okay. I've even tried to retrain it, though, and it still doesn't recognize me half the time. God forbid I wear glasses or anything else, too. Forget it. Like, And I know you used the Pixel 4. Remember how good it worked on the Pixel 4? It was good, but I still hated it as a concept. Well, I, I didn't use it after I played with it either, but it was so good because of a $2 sensor. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like, If we're going to do this, it needs to be done the right way, not with a stupid single camera. And I don't care right. how much they say it's bank grade or all this other nonsense that you know, we'll we'll put in a news article because that's what they tell us. But if I'm going to review this, I'm going to tell you, and I did, that it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> like, just don't, I agree with Jerry, don't use this. It's not good. I find it really interesting that you guys don't like it so much. Like, I, I enjoy it. I actually like it. <laughs> There's a difference between the opinion that I have that is I don't like the concept of face unlock as a concept, right? And this is bad because it's not using the right hardware, therefore it's not secure, right? An iPhone or a Pixel 4 hmm. or an assorted number of other phones that use uh, flood illuminators and all this other crap, right? Like those do it correctly because they have additional hardware that aids the camera in essentially assuring banks and these other things that this is you just as much as a fingerprint scanner would, right? Right. Versus, again, this is a single camera looking at you, and I don't care how much machine learning Google throws at this thing. If an AI thinks my brother looks like me, it's going to unlock the phone. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that, that's the only thing you have to rely on right now is if the AI understands the model of what this one camera is giving it. Yeah, I, I just don't think... You should use it for your bank. Use it to unlock your phone, sure. But don't use it for your bank. Use your fingerprint if you just lazy to type in a few things. But I don't think you should be using your fingerprint for your bank either. But that's a whole nother thing. I'm going to look real quick in here because I can't remember if you can change it. And I probably got to, yeah. See, I got to set up my face again. I was trying to see if it would let me tell it to not use this as, you know, the highest level biometrics like it's only for phone unlock or not yeah if if that's not there that that's a problem i'll set it up real quick keep talking about something else hey set it try setting it up on your dog or a chicken <laughs> yeah that's, that's too far <laughs> yeah see okay so they have require eyes to be open that's on by default 
The other two that are off by default are always require confirmation, which means even though it identifies you, you have to press a button to say, yes, this is me. Um, or the other option is skip lock screen, which means if you turn on your phone and look at it, it'll automatically go to your home screen, which I, oh my gosh, kill me now, I hate that. <laughs> that's, that's the worst, dumbest thing ever. I can't stand that. But yeah, there's, there's no option in here to make face unlock only good for unlocking the phone. It's either on or it's off. Google, you should, you should put that in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for it at all. <laughs> the whole, the whole thing. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's quite fascinating to hear you guys talk about this. I want to know why Andrew thinks I'm Me wrong. Me too. I, I want to know why he likes it. Tell us. What are we missing? I don't know what y'all are missing. You're just wrong. Why are they wrong though? Because that's my opinion. Right. So expand on your opinion. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I'm talking to I'm talking to two guys who are smarter than me about this. I think the convenience. I think the you, convenience. You're still in. You're still entitled to have an opinion, as Jerry says. You are still entitled to have that opinion. I agree that Google missed the mark with. Like there's there's the the A Pro is AI. It's the AI phone, right? And that that's great. And it's doing and everything that I've seen because I've only messed with one at Best Buy for like ten minutes before the security thing went off, and like it wasn't my fault. But yeah, yeah. But like trying to steal phones from Best Buy, I love it. Like I I get why they did it because people have asked for it. I also understand, like, but I, I, I don't know. I had, I had my thought and then it just left me because it's, it's, I don't understand why Google just didn't do, go and bring back the Pixel 4 face unlock. I'm with you there. <laughs> Add the, the, the infrared camera, the IR camera, because uh, Juan Carlos Bagnell, some gadget guy posted a thread. Um, he couldn't unlock his Pixel 8 Pro at night. He was under a, a street lamp. And he couldn't unlock his phone using his face. Inconvenient, but good from a security standpoint because it doesn't have that hardware. I, I agree, but it's it's like Google went so hard with the Pixel Eight with all of these different features. Why just just go all the way? And it feels like this is almost like a half me, a half step a half measure step half step whatever. And it's interesting to me because they could have done like a dynamic island style notch thing at the top and I, I really don't think anybody would care anymore because they're small enough to where they don't get in the way uh I, I don't know i mean if i had to guess it's not that they didn't want to take the screen real estate it's that they didn't have room to put you know an illuminator and a sensor i don't believe that for a second the top well they could have redesigned it so they had the room if they wanted to but it's not like something they can just add on. Right. Like, I'm looking at this phone, right? Okay. <clears throat> I take it out of the case. The camera bar protrudes more on this model than it ever has in any other Pixel 6 or 7, right? I guess it's the only two that use the camera bar. Um, and I don't know. I just I feel like they, they could have had room, even if they made the forehead slightly taller above that. I don't know. What, what is a back forehead called? Whatever, whatever you call that part. Above the the a camera back bar. forehead. Oh, a back I was like, forehead. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking talking about phone anatomy here. Come on, get your stuff like straight. Take the microphone away from this guy. Back oh my forward. god. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, okay, over the years, we've seen that 
section, that top section shrink, right? You're right. Uh, it was it was pretty large on the Pixel Six, and then um, I don't know if they technically moved the camera bar up or they shrunk the top. I mean, whatever they did engineering wise, I feel like they could have had room in there to to just make that a little bigger again. They reduced the back forehead. What are you talking about? That's what they yes, did. We're using this all the time. Okay. <laughs> I want to use this in every article as often as I possibly oh can. Oh my it. gosh. The back forehead. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, no, I just, I don't know. I, I think like, see, look, I have always agreed with Jerry when it comes to Ah. Making sure that you. Hey, honey, I found one. <laughs> no, listen, I've always I've always been in agreement where like if if you're going to be on the Internet, you have to be smart about protecting your data and like how you're like the type of information you're putting out there. Um, You know how, what kind of pictures you're posting. Like You should just be always aware of what you're doing on the Internet. But I do use face unlock to access my bank um because i thought that that was protected i thought that that was uh, technically it is you know secure right and so i don't i still fail to understand the security concerns i mean maybe i'm just ignorant or i like i don't know but no you're not it's it's a case of on, on the iphone or on the phone like the pixel 4 it was secure because of the hardware used in the way it's done this is just a software algorithm that is trained and then flips a coin. Is this you or is this not you based on what you trained it with? And that's a lot easier to fool. But having said that, according to Google, this passes all the requirements, which read Michelle's article. He goes over it in great detail, what the requirements are and how they passed. So technically, this is very secure, and Nick and I are just running our mouth. Okay. <laughs> well, I still feel like it's not. Yeah, what I what what he said. <laughs> no, no, Andrew, you need to realize you bring a, the the right perspective here of people that use the phones and like it. You're like Shruti. You like using it. What what the hell are Nick and Jerry talking about? They're just making noise and talking dumb stuff, and that's who Google's listening to, and probably that's the right move. Don't listen to me and Nick. Listen to Spruthy and Andrew because they represent the people that buy your phones better. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'd love to learn a little bit more about this because if there, if there is a deep security concern, I would want to stop using it, right? Like that is... Of course. Oh my God. After this call, just wipe the rest of your day clean. You and I... <laughs> no, truthy. In a nutshell, you could. It's easier for something to go wrong here than mm -hmm. it is for you entering a password. Yeah, I mean that's fair. On the other hand, it's easier for somebody to get your password than to get yeah, your thumb. Yeah, it's, it's or like your face. it's like a double-edged sword. Like you, you can't you, you. No one's winning here. <laughs> like like everyone's losing basically. Anyways, um. Before I move on, does anyone have any last thoughts about Michelle's article? <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, go read yeah, it. Was, it was very it, well, it's, well written. Like I thorough. said, he's the smartest man I've ever ever seen in, in real life. I <laughs> guess he's a, maybe he's a robot. I don't know. But he's it, it's amazing what he can 
figure out and, and take the smallest piece of information and find out exactly what that means. And this is a great example of that. Well, we agree 100%. And on that note, let's take a really quick break and we will be right back, guys. If your business earns millions or tens of millions of revenue, stop what you're doing and take a listen because NetSuite by Oracle has just rolled out the best offer we've seen. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time in NetSuite's 25 years as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment and no interest for six months, and you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. NetSuite is number one because they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity across every department. Over 36,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of the special financing offer at netsuite.com android. netsuite.com android to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm. netsuite.com android. All right, um, on to the next controversial topic. Love it. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, well, Jerry wrote a fantastic article. It's currently our top two performing article right it's now. A very, it's a very clickbait article. It's, it's getting all the people riled up, and I like it. It's not clickbait. It's absolutely true. Hey, the comments say, the comments say otherwise. Okay, well, also, listen... I don't know why you're reading comments First to begin with. First rule of the with. internet: <laughs> like, don't never read, read the yeah, comments. Don't read the comments. Like, don't what are you read talking the about? Comments. No, it is not a clickbait article because I would not let Jerry. I would not approve this article to get published if it was clickbait. It's not a clickbait article because if you look, it's clearly marked as an opinion. Yes, and it's it's not. I don't think it's clickbait. I'm trying to tell you. Okay, guys, I was just. Oh my! He was saying it because I complain all the time about clickbait on the. No, internet. there's literally one of the comments on the article. It says this is a very clickbait article title. No, it's not. That's the only reason why it's I said not. It. It's not clickbait. <laughs> click, I, the person. That's what I'm saying. That person is wrong because they don't even understand the definition of clickbait. Clickbait means that the article is written in a way to entice a reader and doesn't actually address the topic or is. It, you know, presents inaccurate information in the article. It's it's a way of just getting people to click. And that is not what this article does because there's legitimate content in this. And that commenter, unfortunately, I disagree with you, ma'am or sir. I don't know what you are. But anyways, uh, let's talk about the article. The article that Jerry wrote, uh, which is stirring up a lot of people, is uh, titled The Tensor G3 in the Pixel 8 is the best phone chip today. Um, do you want to tell us why you think that, Jerry? Because it is the only phone chip on the market that can do the things that the most used applications on all platforms are, are doing. 
this this was designed by Google to do the things that they want to do in all of their apps. But and but this is and this is like specific to AI or like everything. Yes, it's it's, it's specific to AI and machine learning. There is when I a phone chip, a phone chip has a bunch of processors inside it, and and some memory and and cache and a a, a bus lane. It that that's not important, but there's a bunch of processors in there. The most important processor in the Tensor has nothing to do with how fast your phone runs or what the graphics are like. It does nothing but have a specific set of instructions where it can take AI algorithms and machine learning algorithms and translate them and manipulate them to produce an output. Only this chip can do that. The, the Apple's A17 can't do it. Uh, Qualcomm's whatever their latest Snapdragon is going to be, we'll find out soon. That's not going to be able to do it. Uh, MediaTek can't do it. Only this chip can do it. And when the most popular, by a large margin, applications in the entire, in both mobile, mobile ecosystems are going to even more heavily rely on those types of AI and machine learning, this chip will do it far better than every other chip out there uh android itself is moving in the direction where it's favoring this chip over all others if you could make an android phone that used apple's a17 the pixel 8 would still run all this stuff better than it does i have a thought for i have a thought slash question for you jerry um it's kind of like multiple questions so let me get through all of them okay so the first first and foremost I love that you wrote this article. I think it's so smart and it's super interesting. My question is, why do you think Google created this chip if, if it is not going to lease this chip out to other companies to use because it wants to um, hold it for their Pixel devices? And that goes into my next question is, does this mean that Google is starting to actually care about its hardware lineup of devices, which is a question that we've asked each other multiple times because really Google only cares about its Android operating system, which is where it makes all of its money um, and advertising, obviously. Uh, but it, it doesn't get the same amount of money from hardware. But so does this mean that they are actually caring about their hardware and they're going to pay attention to get revenue out of it? This is why you're the best. <laughs> that. I'm actually exploring and writing something about that right now. While while we're podcasting, I'm typing. No, but as soon as we're done, I'm going to get back on it. This is the first time that we have evidence that Google cares about making the Pixel better than any other phone. Why? There's a lot of reasons why they might be doing that. Maybe they're not satisfied with the direction that other vendors like Samsung are taking Android or Maybe they just decided, all right, from now on, we're going to make big money from phones and this is how we can get started. But for some reason, they've made this that, and I'll use the camera as an example. The Pixel 8 camera, Pixel 8 Pro camera is so much better than anything else you can buy, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're, they're, you know, technically it's not 
there are some ethics concerns with what it can do. But if you're a consumer and you buy a camera or a phone with a, because of the camera, the Pixel 8 Pro is the phone you should buy, period, hands down. And I will reiterate, it is the best phone for parents because I've already taken several pictures of my son squirming and doing what a nine-year-old does and guess what his face is in basically every picture it's not blurred <laughs> right you can see his face only the pixel 8 can do that no other phone will ever be able to do that unless let's say samsung and qualcomm get together and figure it all out from scratch google is never going to share that i, I don't think it, i think it'll be apple i think apple will do it before anybody besides google does it sure do you think that this is an opportunity? Because again, we've also talked about Google creating devices as like the the base that other companies can learn from, right? Like when we talked about the Pixel Watch 2 or or um, the Pixel tablet or, you know, there, like so many devices, we've talked about it where it's like, this isn't like the end game device that you want. This is the device that people like Samsung are going to learn from and grow from. Um, do you think that now that's no longer the case with the, the Tensor G3? Um, and do you think this could be an opportunity for, for, for Google to traverse into the world of Qualcomm where it starts working with companies to lend out its chip? It should be. As of right now, it's not. This is all quote-unquote secret. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure it could be reverse engineered, and if, if some company really wanted to try to get away with it, they, they could try. But as of right now, Google is saying, hey, this is trade secrets. Hmm. We do this our own way, and we're not going to tell you how. Uh, that's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Each I think person, that would be a good thing, though, don't you? I, and, and I think that's a bad thing, and that's what I Why was saying. Why do you saying. think that's a bad thing? I think that information like this should be shared because what if Qualcomm can do it better? Oh, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. I misinterpreted. I thought you thought it was a bad thing that Google would would go in the same direction as Qualcomm. That's what I thought you were saying. I understand that it's not, I'll, I'll use the word open. They're not sharing this information with anybody. Mm. I don't understand why. There are several reasons why. It, it may be. I, I, I just don't know the real reason. But in the end, I think this is, I don't like it. I don't, this is not why I use Android. I think, I think the reason why it's kept secret right now is because, um, I have to kind of be careful of, of how I speak about this. Um, we know that Qualcomm is the biggest, if not the biggest, um, chip provider and google does have a relationship with qualcomm to some degree but i also believe that this would result in a big competition with qualcomm right like i think this would yield to a potential i i, I don't want to say severance of ties like i don't i don't want to say that but it's possible that that could happen right and maybe i think that's why google is not making it very clear that something like this is happening because they want to be very careful with how they're handling that relationship especially now with the pw2 using a qualcomm chip i, I also want to say that if 
Google did share how this is done, and this is how our machine learning algorithms work, and these are the instructions you should include. Qualcomm could do this so much better. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing, too. Yeah. Qualcomm's been doing this kind of stuff forever, and Qualcomm chips are no slouch in the AI department, and neither are Apple's chips. And I haven't looked at it, but I'm going to assume MediaTek and Samsung also mm -hmm. can do wonderful things as far as AI is concerned, just not with Google's app. Yeah, I, well, I think I think that's the that's the nail that you hit, which is I think Google might be afraid that Qualcomm can do it better. And and I I'm, I'm not going to say this is an antitrust issue, but I'm going to say that the one company that basically owns the mobile app market in the sense that these seven apps are on every single mobile phone that can run them in the entire freaking world outside of China is the company that writes that software that can take special advantage of only this chip. I, I think something else looking forward, and this is brief, um, I know Tensor G5 or possibly G6 is talked about as the one that will be sort of the 100% in-house Google chip in the same way that, you know, Apple's own silicon is 100% in-house. You know, obviously somebody has to fab those chips. Right. But right now... Tensor is still a hybrid between Exynos and whatever Google adds to it, basically, right? Yes. Whereas from G5 or G6 onward, the idea is that this will be totally in-house. That's important here because right. only this part of the chip is Google's baby. Yes. Yeah. The rest of the chip is either all Samsung or Samsung had a huge influence, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, input yeah, on the yeah. development of it, right? But this is all to Google's specifics and design. No, I, I fully agree with what both of you guys are saying. Like, I think it, to what Nick was saying, like, we're, we probably won't even see that the concept of Google deciding, oh, here, we're actually going to now let you take our chip and lease it out to you guys in a contract form until it's fully created its own, like, version. I think Google would love, uh, Samsung and Oppo and everybody else buying chips from them. Yeah. That's never going to fly. The governments of the world will never let the company that makes the Android operating system also control the hardware. That will never, ever fly. No, but it, it, this is where the thought is. Like, what, what would the world look like if that were the case? Like, how do we... Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a thought, right? Like it's very possible that that could happen. It, it, I I just I, I want to make sure people that that see this title and don't bother to read the article, the Tensor G3 is disappointing in so many other areas. Yes, but this is so important. I think this makes it the best chip on the market. Nick, what were you going to say? You were going to say something. Yeah, I, I was going to say for future Pixel phones that use those G5, G6, whatever. Um, I think what's particularly exciting about me is the, the part of Tensor that's really good, and this is what Jerry is saying in this article, is the part that Google makes, right? Mm -hmm. So once we get to the point where Google is making all of the rest of the stuff that Exynos sucks at, I think we'll see a lot better chips coming from, you know, I, I guess Google, but in particular, a lot better chips inside of Pixel phones. And I don't think G3 is a bad chip. Um, it can't game as well as any Snapdragon in any year, right? And maybe you care about that or not. I don't 
I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it because the stuff I play runs okay on the Pixel 8, but it doesn't run well. And even like some budget phones will run it better, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's what's really hard. And then of course there's always the well, tensor gets too hot issue, mm-hmm. and that isn't any better with this phone. Um, I think with the 8 Pro, it takes a little bit longer to get hot, but it gets hotter than the G2, from what I can tell. I think that's any phone though. Like even the 15 Apple, iPhone 15, like it runs so hot. Like at certain times, like I mean, I think that's yeah. Every phone is always going to have that issue. That's in a, a response that chip makers have to the consumer market, which is what what I that, just said. That yeah, we want weakens consumers demand the ultimate performance, right? And that means that you have these kind of issues. Yeah. Yes. Uh, people that make the chips and the phones could easily keep it cool, but then you'd complain about the performance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, time will tell. And, you know, I look forward to when Jerry ends up writing that article of we're doomed the day that <laughs> well, Google puts out that it's leasing out its chips <laughs> to people. This, we'll this, just, this is step one. This is the future yeah, yeah. of Android phones. Yeah. And Google is controlling it in a very specific way. A hundred percent. All right. Let's talk about an article that Andrew wrote uh, and it got published the day that we're recording this, uh, which, by the way, I just want to be very clear. Uh, we're recording it on October 13th, actually Friday, October 13th, uh, which is always fun for me because I love Halloween. And I know Friday the 13th is always a fun date for everyone. Uh, OK, so Andrew wrote an article. You're goofy. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I love Halloween, dude. It's I, like, I did not even realize today was the third. Yeah, the 13th. it's like my favorite holiday. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna digress for like 30 seconds, okay? When I was a kid, I did not really. I went to an American school my whole life, okay? I, I lived in Singapore, went to an American school my whole life, and in in during Halloween time, um, the classrooms would have like their little Halloween parties, whatever. And um, but I never went trick or treating because I lived in a condominium and so like we didn't like and also my parents didn't really understand the concept of trick-or-treating they're like what is this so i got to go trick-or-treating for the first time in grade 12 and i dressed up head to toe head to toe in full i was captain hook from peter pan i did the whole get up and i went trick-or-treating for the first time and it was the most amazing experience ever and another memory that i had is when i was i think in grade three or four my dad was like, okay, what do you want to be for Halloween for your classroom party? And I said, I want to be a Disney princess. And he was like, okay, sure, I'll go get you a costume. So he goes, comes back, and he's like, here, here's your costume. And it was literally this pretty dress that had a picture of all of the Disney princesses on the costume. And he was like, now you can be all the princesses. Adorable. Anyways, I just love Halloween, guys. It's my favorite holiday. Holiday. Okay. Anyways, I I completely digressed there for a second. Uh, let's talk about Andrew's article. Uh, <laughs> it's titled "Hear Me Out Again." Google should release a Pixel Book Two. You know what, Andrew? Take it away, dude. Like, tell me why do you think Google should release a Pixel Book Two? All right, Jerry's gonna tell me that I'm wrong, and that's fine. But, <laughs> but. So, so before Google announced the, the Pixel 8 and the Pixel Watch and the refreshed Pixel Buds features, Pixel Buds Pro features, they announced Chromebook Plus. And it's basically 
on one hand, it's it's a way for to to make make buying a Chromebook easier on one hand, um, but it also opens a door and is opening the door for Google to bring specific features to certain devices without having to just say without having to worry about lower end, lower end hardware basically um but the weird thing about chromebook plus is that it I'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase it it's it feels like google is this is the first step and a larger plan for google that culminates in a pixel book 2 we don't need google to lead the way anymore because the hp Acer, everybody, Lenovo, they've shown that they can make good products, good hardware, regardless of cost. And we, so we don't need Google to lead in that way anymore. But I want uh, all of these AI features that are coming to with Chromebook Plus. They just released the Chromebook phone or the, 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 the AI phone. Now it's time to release the, 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 the AI Chromebook. And that's what I kind of feel like uh, this, this whole charade is, is leading up to. I know I jumped around there, but that's basically the crux of it. I, I mean, Jerry. <laughs> well, I think the Chromebook Plus program, and I know it, it really pissed off hardware manufacturers. One thing that it does that Google had to have known is, why would I buy this Chromebook? It's not good because it's not a Chromebook Plus Chromebook, which I, I don't like the program as far as that's concerned. I'm afraid that this is a way to kill the great low-cost $150 Chromebooks that maybe Andrew and I wouldn't want to use, but, you know, millions of kids across the country and across Canada, wherever else Chromebooks are popular, uh, deserve to have those devices that their parents can afford. I don't want to ever see those die, and, and, and this kind of makes those difficult to sell. But don't... Don't you? So I put this in. I I put this in the article. It's it's around the midway point. It's you can either get the Chromebook X three sixty thirteen B or the Samsung Chromebook Plus V two for about the same cost, but your experiences will be very different because they're both three hundred fifty dollar Chromebooks. But one is from twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen, and the other was released earlier this year. So Chromebook Plus kind of opens the door for Google to both have lower end tiers. It's just not titled. There's no title for the bottom half yet, along with a higher end. I, I understand it from that point of view, but from a consumer point, you're going to see, oh, Chromebook Plus, that means it's better. Why do I want to buy something that's not as good? I'll just buy this cheap Windows laptop instead. It's not confusing. That's what I'm afraid. Could Chromebooks, Chromebooks are confusing anyways. I know, but... This doesn't help. I I think I think that I feel like this one does. That's why I feel like I feel like it does help. But it's it, it's the first step. It's not it's not like fleshed out yet. Right. But as far as Google needs to make the Pixelbook 2, hell yes. I don't care. I, I still use my Pixelbook because it's the best laptop I've ever used. I don't care if it's not as fast as some other Chromebooks or even a Chromebook I have is technically better than it is that display that keyboard how thin it is how great it looks the whole package that's just to me that's better than any other laptop i've ever used including my macbook pro 
Google make another one so I can send you more of my money. Yeah. Plus it's, they've, 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 they've established the, 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 the high end of the market. They're the HP and, you know, to a lesser extent framework is frameworks for people like me and Jerry who like tinkering with stuff, but it's still a great Chromebook. I, I, I love that, but they're not going anywhere. Those high end premium Chromebooks, they're not going anywhere. There's not as many of them, but they're not going anywhere. And, that's where Google could just be the one, basically. Yeah, everybody said Google was crazy when they made the first, what was it, the Chromebook Pixel. Yeah. Nobody's going to spend $1,500 on this, and not a lot of people bought them, but more people wanted them than were able to buy them. Google couldn't make enough to fill the orders of them. So there is a market, even if it's small, of people who will throw $1,500 at Google without a second thought because they know what they're going to get is a beautiful, wonderful working device. And if Google is serious about hardware and furthering the, the market by saying, look what is possible, a Pixelbook 2 is a good way to do it. So the other question that I had for you, and I probably should have asked you before I wrote the article, but I, I didn't. Um, last minute submissions for the win. But um, do you think Google would be better served to throw a tensor chip? Or do you think that Google would be better served to go with Intel or AMD? I, I think as of right now, you, you, they still got to go Intel. And I know that, well, Apple does such great things with ARM. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even saying that because that's yeah, a whole other beast. You can. Our ARM is, you can do a lot with ARM and it, technically, ARM chips are more powerful than Intel chips when you scale them up. But I would rather see an Intel chip because of its compatibility. Okay. I mean, I, I get that. I just was thinking about that from the perspective of, like, the AI, all of the AI stuff. Because Google did say there's AI feature, there are more AI features coming to Chromebook Plus models. They're just not ready yet. But that, that doesn't mean that Google can't design a motherboard that has a space to slaughter in, solder in a, uh, basically the the AI processor from the, the coprocessor. E3. Yeah, make it a coprocessor. Put it on the the same you know bandwidth bus. Make it share fast. Give it some memory, so it doesn't have to share memory. And you would have a basically seamless integration. That just would be pretty expensive. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes sense. I mean, I just. I've been, I, I started the article off saying I've been banging this drum for the better part of two years. And then Google put a hole in my drum last fall when, they, when the rumors came out saying that they were making one and then it got shelved. Um, I just, I, with Chromebook Plus and, and all the AI stuff, and it just feels like there's something bigger that's in the works. Now, I don't know. I don't have insider information about this. It just, the skepticism, the skepticist, I don't know. I'm skeptic about it. The skeptic, <laughs> the skeptic in you. Yeah. I, I, I know that I agree with you that, that they should do it because they can afford to do it even if they don't make any money from it. But something tells me that the new Google doesn't like to do things that don't make money. So maybe that's why. I like that you called it the new Google. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I did make a, um, my last paragraph has exactly that. I said, so what's really stopping Google from quote unquote, setting the bar in the Chromebook market? 
profit margins and padded pockets, probably. Yeah, probably. You know, that's an interesting thing I haven't thought of. We haven't really seen very many experiments from Google recently, have we? No, we have not. However, we've also not seen that many... Sorry, I lost my train of thought. You said experiments? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yo, guys, it's... I'm, Look, a butterfly. Yo, right. I, listen, right. no, yeah, you're right. They haven't, they haven't done crazy experiments, but they also haven't done any crazy cancellations. You know what I mean? Like... Sorry, guys. She, she disagrees, and I also disagree. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean, I think the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm thinking of Fitbit, right? Like, that is something that we are anticipating to know. What is Google really doing with Fitbit? But I digress. That's a whole other conversation to be had, and we should... No, I... Just, truthy, the, I call them the new Google is never going to release helium balloons over Africa to give Wi-Fi to poor kids. <laughs> because they, it... There's just no way they're going to spend the money to do yeah. that because there's zero return. The old Google, man, they were more than happy. That was to, so cool to see at I.O. Yes, Project Loon was amazing. Yeah, that was really cool to watch for sure. Y you know what that also means? That means Andrew and I were at the same I.O. and I didn't know it. Uh, all three of us were and we didn't know it. Yeah, you, did you, oh, see, that you, kills you saw me. the balloon there? Yep. Yes. I have pictures I, of it I still. I begged them to let me ride it. Oh, my God, Jerry. I wanted them to tie that balloon to my wheelchair and oh let me float God. off like that. What was that kid that the parents lied about that he got sucked away in the balloon or something? All I, uh, the only thing I can think about is the movie Up and how... That works, too. Yeah. That works. <laughs> Come on. Wouldn't you love to see me float away in a wheelchair? No, because then I wouldn't get to speak to you and every single day and you would be... Well, no, wait. There's Wi-Fi in that balloon. Oh, true, 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 true. Laptop okay, yeah. With fair me. enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to go back to, to what Nick said. I, I think that you're, you're wrong about them not doing experiments. They are experimenting. It's just not hardware. How much AI did they put into that phone that you have that you're reviewing? Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe that's more behind the scenes. I, I don't stuff. think that's an experiment. Though. Yeah, I think that's more of like growth. That's not experiment, dude. I think it's I think it's experimenting because Google's been leading behind the scenes. They talk about it, but it's not customer facing. You know, you know what's or, or customer facing. facing experiment that 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 thermometer on the Pixel 8 Pro. Yeah, no, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, I, I still disagree with that because Google has been talking about AI. First of all, let's be very clear. Google is the pioneer in artificial intelligence for many, many years. They are... Uh, Google is the original Skynet. Exactly, okay, exactly. They are the original AI gurus, whatever the, whatever the hell you want to call them. But... Um, and this is why I don't think it's experimentation. I just think they took it to the next level. I think they were just like, right. they were like, here's a big fat middle finger to you, Microsoft. You think you're going to do everything you're doing with chat GPT. Let's just show you what we're capable of doing. Yeah. I think this is a culmination of all the previous experiments, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't, the, a lot of the stuff that they're doing on the phones and with these, like with AI is still cloud-based. Like it's, it's on device, but it's also still cloud. Well, it has to right? be. But that's where the experimentation is like, okay, let's put this on phones, see how it's going to work. If it, it, and then if it works, we can put it into the G4, whenever the G5, whenever they're ready to actually release their Could be. fully custom in-house. That's why I'm saying it's a, an experiment. And they're doing the same thing with Chromebooks just to a different extent because just Chromebooks are different in general. But but 
I think, but I think that's where we need to be careful with the word experiment because to me, you need to be careful. <laughs> to me, the word experiment is like you're testing. It's okay. To me, experiment is like Google decided to just launch the Pixel Fold in specific uh, countries because it needs to experiment how successful the Pixel Fold will be. This is why it didn't come to Canada. That is what experiment is. Your definition of experiment for the things they're doing with the phone is is not accurate because they have been testing the stuff with with the the AI and and the capabilities that they can for many years now. It's just now it's just an accumulation of it all, like Jerry was saying. That was the most diplomatic way to tell me that I'm wrong. (laughs) And I'm done. I heard a rumor, Shruti, and this is just a rumor, mm-hmm. though it came from somebody I believe. The reason the Pixel Fold wasn't released in Canada and Australia mm-hmm. is because they did not want to have any type of, you know, literature, press material or anything with that phone being more than $2,000. The word dollars is what kept them from releasing it in Canada and Australia. But I don't I don't understand. What do you mean? They they did not want a graphic on the internet with a Pixel Fold being $2200. Oh, because it it would cost so much more in Canada and right. Australia. And, right, and right, right, right. People right. on the internet tend to only look at headlines and the big but letters the funny and not thing read is, the rest. No, but dude, the funny thing is is that when I was interviewed by radio stations and TV about the Pixel Fold, we were still talking about it. Like I, I mentioned that it costs an arm and, and a leg, but I still want the freaking device. <laughs> like it's so beautiful. Right. But can you imagine people in America thinking that this phone is twenty five hundred dollars and Samsung's is only seventeen? It would be it would be bonkers because, it, and the by the way, the Pixel Fold is an experiment. Oh, of course. Just making sure Shruti knows that. Yeah, that's that's it. That's a no. I but that that was literally what I said. I said the Pixel Fold was an experiment. <laughs> I know, but it's fu- it's fun. It's fun getting you all tongue tied. Tongue tied. <laughs> tongue tied. Tongue- Why are we talking tongue- about old tongue- stuff? Tongue tied. Tongue- okay. You're here. Anyways, listen. Oh, pff, dang. It's Friday, baby. It's been a hell of a week as it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Um, because I want to talk about one last thing, and then I want to talk about obviously my favorite thing which is what made you happy this past week so you you guys better freaking think about that you know okay uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back guys indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one place instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Indeed's streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data from the U.S. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S.'s Indeed data. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com ACP. Offer good for a limited time. 
Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, uh, I want to talk about um, the long-awaited MetaQuest 3 review. I mean, I know we we briefly talked about the hands-on last week, but I know Nick had so much that he wanted to talk about. Uh, and he didn't really, you know, go in depth with it. And I know he's really excited to talk about it. So uh, let's let's dive right into it, Nick. Talk to us about the the final review that you put out for the MetaQuest Three. All right. So, in a nutshell, easily the best VR headset ever made. Um, and when the Quest Pro came out last year, I really liked that headset too. Um, obvious problems with that were the astronomically ridiculous price. And because of the price, I think there was a lot more criticism uh, levied towards things that should have been better that weren't. Um, I think it's interesting, though, because even though the Quest 3 is $200 more than a Quest 2, and even though there are some obvious issues with what they've shipped it with based on the price, I have seen basically nothing but positive feedback on this headset. And I think Meta really won with a lot of what they did here. And I think they they sort of picked a perfect balance of compromises that they needed to make to still make this relatively affordable. I mean, 500 bucks is a lot, but that's the same price as a PlayStation and an Xbox, right? So if they're going to compete with those uh, on the gaming console level, I think this was a really good way to do it because out of the box, for the most part, you're going to get a positive experience. And I say for the most part because for whatever reason, they still ship this thing with the cloth straps. And I hate these things. And that's one thing that I've seen people uh, kind of differ on. Like some people say it's fine for them. It works for their you know head size and shape or whatever. Um, for me, I guess it's okay. But I've also become a lot more critical of uh, like VR headset weight distribution because we've had so many examples of better designs over the years and, you know, them picking this cloth strap to ship the unit with uh, and, and making that the default for everybody, I think was a horrible decision because you're still going to have people that buy this and go, oh, this is uncomfortable after 10 minutes. I don't want to use it anymore. And... I think they could have improved that with just, I don't want to say a cheap uh, elite strap style because you don't, you don't want it to break, but I think that would have been a, a, a much, much better alternative. And I think they still could have made uh, you know, a pretty decent profit with this headset had they gone and done that. Um, I think the only other major complaint I had with it was with, the lenses still fogging up. You know, this is, this is another thing where I'm like, we solved this. I say we as in the industry, solved this two years ago when third parties came out with facial interfaces that have vents. And all those do is help vent out the humidity that your face makes when it sweats. And, you know, when you put on a pair of goggles and they fog up instantly, it's because they don't have proper ventilation, right? It was the same thing you know, with this. You know what I used to do? Because, okay, so I used to be a competitive swimmer when I was a kid. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, listen, I used to be a competitive swimmer. And um, 
one of the things we used to do was we used to spit in our goggles so, so they wouldn't fog up. Did you spit in your own goggles or did you like swap spit and spit? In your no, we, okay. I, no. That's but, uh, probably something you, you should have kept to yourself, Shruti, because no, you probably, knew that was coming. You know what? The goggle Prob- swap club. Probably, probably. But yeah, you know, maybe maybe spit in your MetaQuest goggles. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't. don't just do lick that. it. <laughs> I love it. I, I guess on the bright side here, it, it doesn't stay foggy for as long as the Quest 2 did. Um, or the original PSVR did, so that there is some improvement there. But I just, again, I don't understand why we're paying two hundred dollars more for this and these two like super basic things they didn't fix. I I love the fact that the device is so good. The only thing you can find to complain about is fixed very easily with third party access. Well, and it will be, but the, most of those aren't even available yet. Right. So I think we're, that's we're, that's the hard thing day. right now is people who buy it right now are kind of stuck, like you're just going to have to deal with it. But it must be pretty good if the if your gripes are the 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 strap and that the lenses fog up. Right, and I I think that says a lot about this thing and and I think it says a lot about um the longevity of this headset too because if we see this last another 3 years like we saw the Quest 2 last I think that's going to be a very good thing for the VR industry as a whole. You know, you know though, the, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, you opened up another can of worms. Why won't they just make like a perforated covering material over the cushion and, and let, let it breathe in there? Why, why don't they just do that? Because they want you to spit in your goggles. No, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you said it, Truthy, because I was going to. But that, that doesn't make a lot of sense because... If a third party can fix it that easy, you know the people, the engineers at Meta know the answer. wonder why they didn't just do it. And I don't know. And that, that's the strange thing. Okay, so I don't want to stay on the, the facial interface too long, but it is really good outside of the lack of ventilation. Like the, the material they use is breathable. Um, it has a built-in glasses spacer like it it solves several problems except for the lens fogging right so i don't i don't really know the answer to that and and like they even uh they have several different colors that you can buy of these but i don't know why anybody would want to buy them i don't even want to use it in the first place so i wouldn't want to get another color even though it looks cool just to take it off and i don't know that orange looks pretty good that's what i'm saying like the the colors look great the orange and the is it cyan, teal? I'm not. I'm not sure what that sky bluish color is. What whatever it is, it's like a light blue color. It looks. Great. It's obviously it's an inferior color to the orange. <laughs> that orange just screams, "Do not shoot! I'm a man." The, <laughs> I have a. I have a question for you, Nick. Um, because I actually I I only just realized that I only just realized this point as we were talking about this review, which is, um. This specific device is the first device where I am no longer, like, for some reason, I just don't call it the Oculus Quest 3. Like, for some reason, Meta Quest 3 has stuck in my head. Right. And I don't, I don't know if, it, if that's just me that's, that's thinking that or if, if you're feeling that or if you kind of are noticing that across the board as well. But this is something that we've talked about for so long, which is, you know, the fact that Meta has lost so much trust with users and um, that people are just not able to call this device a Meta Quest device. They they keep falling back to calling it an Oculus Quest device. 
But for, for whatever reason, with this new model, I just no longer go back to Oculus Quest. Like, I'm just always thinking MetaQuest for some reason. And I don't know if that's just me. Yeah, I don't really see anybody refer, refer to it as an Oculus online. However, I will say uh, in real life, when I talk to people face to face, people won't call it a Meta or a Quest or anything like that. They'll just call it an Oculus. Oh, interesting. I, I still think that Facebook should have, well, Meta, whoever, they should have kept the Oculus brand, Yes, made a subdivision, and further distanced themselves from it because yeah. I've got a Quest 2, and it's a great device. It doesn't solve all my issues with VR, so I don't use it as much as somebody like Nick does. But my biggest gripe with it is my money goes to Facebook, and I have to associate myself with Facebook. I do not trust that company. That's, that's perfectly fair. Do you want me to talk about other stuff on this too? Yeah, go for it. Tell us what you tell us what you happy to tell us. This is what I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear what you loved the most about this. Like, what is it about this that you consider it to be the best VR device in the market right now? So I think the probably biggest improvement outside of the obvious hardware things is. Possibly the the friction reduction. So um, the topic of friction comes up in VR a lot because when you got to put a VR headset on and you have to stand there or, or whatever and wait for a game to load or you know the dashboard to start up or something like that, it's way more annoying than when you're just sitting on the couch with a controller in your hand staring at a TV, right? So having um, games that load faster reducing the number of or completely removing the like title screen stuff before a game starts um even just when you put your headset on uh that experience is so much better with the quest 3 like by default when you put a quest 3 on you see the room around you immediately there's no uh five seconds to wait for the thing to like boot up and figure out what the heck's going on like they that part of the experience is so much better now and I don't know what it is about being able to see the room around you versus like a in a home environment, but I feel like that makes it so much nicer to just slip the headset on, do a quick couple of things that you need to do, and like if you need to take it off for whatever reason, it it just that particular part of the experience is so much better here, and it's also coupled with the fact that hand tracking is so much better these days than it used to be. I, I, in the last week, there have been several times where I had to, you know, uh, go get screenshots or something like that of something. And I'll just put the headset on, use my hands to touch virtual things that don't exist, right? And take it off and go do my work. And it, that experience is just so much better. And I think that'll also be important for other people who just want to jump into something real quick, who want to play 30 minutes of something, right? Um, or just want to chat with their friends for a little while. Like that friction reduction is is very, very important. And they still have work to do with some of um, like the UI assets, but being able to start a party with your friends now, like, okay, here, here's a quick example. Um, Dungeons of Eternity was a game that just came out like a week or two ago. Everybody seems to love it. It's like a three player co-op uh, dungeon crawling experience, right? Um, when I first started the game up, I couldn't figure out how to get my friends to play with me. And I'm like going through the menus in the game and I'm like, there's no option here to play with friends. 
and the developers were like, oh, we'll just start a start a party on your quest and use the button in there to invite everybody to the room. And I was like, oh my gosh, I actually forgot that this whole experience existed because it used to be so bad and unreliable that I stopped using it. But they have fixed it to the point where when you put your quest on and you invite friends into a call and you're all just hanging out or whatever, all you have to do is click the button to choose whatever you want to go to, in, in this case, a game, click the game you want to play, and now everybody's transported into that game. And it loads like right away. There's no loading title screens or crap. It bypasses all that stuff and just sticks you in the game with your friends. And it like it, it works. And I know that sounds dumb, but after years of having to deal with, oh, you got to troubleshoot this, you got to click this menu, you got to blah, blah, blah. Not having to do that anymore is like, holy crap, it works. Mm. <laughs> it works like it should have worked. I'm so glad. I would love to also get your opinion on games like Assassin's Creed now because um, I can't imagine playing that game in VR. Like I played it on my PS4 and it's obviously very enjoyable and you're being all climbing up the walls and everything. But what is that experience like in VR? Um, I will say that nobody, let's, let's say, anybody who does not have their VR legs, as it's called, which means when you're in a game and your character is virtually moving, but your physical body is not, that will make some people feel real weird. <laughs> it might make you sick. It might make you physically fall over. Like, if your brain has not adapted to the idea of your physical body doesn't need to move when your virtual body is moving. Oh, yeah. Until that piece uh, connects in your brain, I absolutely would not recommend playing that game. Um, even as a person who, I don't know how many years I've been in this, seven, eight, something like that, right? I've, I've been playing these kinds of games. As a person who has played for that long and has developed th that thing in their brain to the point where I don't get sick no matter what, right? Like nothing affects me anymore. Even with that being said, like playing this, uh, this demo of Assassin's Creed VR, the first time I jumped from a roof onto, you know, those like wooden pylons or whatever mm -hmm. that stick out of a yeah. wall on Assassin's yeah, yeah, Creed. Yeah. And you, it makes it easy to parkour up. The first time I jumped from a roof onto that thing, I actually wobbled a bit. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And that doesn't happen to me ever, right? Wow. So like knowing that I did that, I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody who doesn't, feel comfortable virtually walking around in VR should not wow. play this game. Wow, wow, You're going to wow. feel real funky. But yeah, it's um it's legit. Like it is it is the Assassin's Creed VR game that I have been hoping for. Yeah. Uh, it's it's sort of like uh I don't know, it's just it's it's great. And I can't wait to see how long the experience is because we get um this is the first one where you play as three different characters in three different timelines. And I think that's really cool because I think it's going to, going to provide even more variety in just the, you know, the day to day stuff um, versus if you're just one character roaming around uh, Greece or Egypt or whatever, you know, whatever theme they pick. Um, I, I really like the concept of being able to play as multiple characters in this and get that extra layer of variety. I love that. That's so cool. I um, I mean, I, I can't imagine how challenging it 
probably was for the developers to make Assassin's Creed into a virtual reality game, but it makes me think about like the infinite possibilities. I've I never really experienced VR gaming, but like if someone told me, oh, I, you know, Nintendo decides to come up with um, their own VR headset and then they put out Zelda and you get to be Link and you're traversing the world of Hyrule in VR, that would be so lit. That would be... I want Rainbow Six for the quest and I want you to give it to Andrew so I can virtually teabag him. <laughs> you, so, Bring it. So you, you probably don't know this because you, I don't think you play it as, as much, like you said, as I do, but there's a game called Breachers that is literally Rainbow Six. Um, you should try it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we have to get one to Andrew so we can yeah. both... Meta, send, send me a quest three. <laughs> There you go. Yes. Oh, do man. it. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I look forward to all the coverage that you guys are going to do with Meta because I know it's, there's a lot more to come. So I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned, guys. Make sure you do check out all of that stuff. And if you haven't read Nick's review, make sure you read it because it's a fantastic review. One last thing I want to say when you said the friction problem, I thought you were talking about like road rash on your face from the cushion. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, that's exactly what no. I thought as well. <laughs> no, although they they obviously did replace that scratchy foam crap from the Quest Two launch with something. That's uh, oh, now you mentioned it. Yeah, there was a problem back then. So, so that's funny. Good that we that's don't have so that funny. Problem. Yeah, they they figured out the uh, the uh, skin allergy thing that some people have, just like with smartwatches, right? <laughs> right. Any earbud. Oh, man. All right. Well, on that note, let's talk about the thing that made you happy this past week. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. The week's over. Yeah. I mean, that that is something that does make me happy. I won't lie. But you actually have to come up with something that's not about the fact that the week is over, Andrew. So uh, That's incorrect. I, I do what I want. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa. Damn. Now I know what made me happy. <laughs> Damn. You know what? It's okay to be happy that Hell Week's over. Yeah. Yeah. So, week has been pretty ridiculous. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm finally getting over this bronchitis. I still have a cough, but it's not anywhere like it was the beginning of the week. Yeah, that's true. Well, can Can I say that every time you you had mentioned that you were suffering from bronchitis? I probably shouldn't have, but I thought of that. Ain't nobody got time for that, where it starts with that lady saying, I got bronchitis. Well, thanks, Jerry. I love you too, <laughs> I brother. I wanted to let you know that. <laughs> okay, that's well, so I guess that, that's Andrew's take. What? Uh, who wants to go next? I have two. Okay, go for it. Um, first one is about one of my chickens. Um, about two weeks ago, one of them got really sick. We still don't know exactly what happened to her, um, although... Um, we, we've been treating her for some things and she's been getting better, but, um, she's only like six months old and it was really, you know, it's hard when, when you have a pet that gets sick, but it's even harder when your pet's only six months old mm -hmm. and they get sick. Yeah. And like, she hasn't been able to walk and it's been a lot of babying and stuff. Yeah. It's wait, how long, how long do chickens live for? Um, a few years. I, I think about seven or eight. Oh, okay. Uh, Depends on if Jerry's around or not. That's right. <laughs> I love me some chicken, but I don't mess with pets. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mean, we'll we'll find out. Our oldest ones are five, um. So I don't. I I guess we'll figure. I I think typically though, it's it's about eight. Yeah. When I was a kid, a neighbor had a rooster that lived to be like nine, 
And man, it looked rough and it was mean, but it was old. It not Wait, really old. Going back to what you're saying, Nick, so your chick has been unwell, but she, I she she was like it was like a slow two week decline where she just got worse and oh, worse and no. worse. And then like three days ago, I feel like the medicine finally kicked in oh, and, and she finally like has an yay. appetite and she can drink. She still can't stand, but she can move more. She's making noises like she used to. Like it, it's just uh, it's her again for the most part, and it go, makes me go happy. to the pet store and get her some of them big juicy mealworms. Oh, there you go. Yay, <clears throat> that's it. Okay, what was the what was the second thing that you wanted to say? The second thing is that I can use the Pixel Eight Pro without my glasses, and <gasps> I don't understand why. What? Hallelujah. What? I don't know what Google did with this phone or what Samsung did with this display, but it's apparently a new. Oh my god! Kind of that's Analog crazy! Panel. Wow. I haven't used my glasses once on the phone since I got it. Oh my uh, gosh, that's. Oh, that that we we've got to explore why. Yeah, hundred percent. I've been trying, and and I even asked Google, and they're like, "Yeah, we got nothing to say about that." I'm like, "Guys, this is a win. Why would you not want to tell me this?" Because they didn't do it on the eight. Let, let's talk about it off camera. <laughs> we'll we'll figure out how we can get you to. Talk. In in any case, <laughs> it's nice to not want to throw up after looking at a phone for thirty seconds. So makes you know, me that's, very that's happy. A, that plus. makes me very happy. <laughs> Okay, Jerry, your turn. My bird's had enough. Okay, <laughs> do you want what really made me happy or do you want me to lie? Because I can say, like, I got cool stuff for Prime Day or whatever, or I can tell no, the truth. No, tell us the truth, dude. Okay, I got a kitchen full of one liter bottles of Sunny Delight because Stupid Food Lion, that's our local grocery store, mislabeled it and they were two for a dollar, and I bought every oh damn one of them. I love Sunny Delight, and if they're that dumb... That bird, I hate it. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, we've got, I swear to God, we got like 45, 46 bottles. But they were two for a dollar. They were marked wrong. And I got up to the register. Does your bird like Sunny Delight? I don't know because it ain't getting anything except hatred. And you be quiet. It's hey, here. It's screaming for help. <laughs> uh, just make sure your local, make sure your local grocer does not listen to this podcast. Yeah, because if if you're gonna make a mistake and put two for a dollar when you really meant a dollar a piece, or well, I don't even know what you meant. Maybe it was supposed to be two for two dollars or something. But I'm gonna buy them all, <laughs> and you're gonna have to sell oh them to God. me at that price, whether you like I it or not. Oh, to be fair, the the cashier didn't even bat an eye. You know, an eye. Maybe you know what your right bird price. is doing is is basically ratting you out and saying that you're doing the wrong thing here. Do you you hear her back there screaming for help? <laughs> yes. I had to put her in the cage because she wanted to come over. She just wants Sunny D. She, well, she, she wanted to bite the microphone cable. Oh, she, that's just her thing. <laughs> so she's in the cage, and now she's screaming for help, and this is my life. Look, I had I had a chicken bite my lip two days ago. Oh, my so, God. So, yeah, don't let her bite the microphone oh cables. God. It freaking hurts. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, what made me happy this past week is uh, Jerry's bird yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> no just kidding uh no actually what made me happy this past week is um you know honestly like just the weather it's just it's it's really cooling down here and i know there's three of us on this podcast i don't know jerry do you like colder weathers i can't remember if no i'm from florida it's already too damn cold yeah that, that's what i thought yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a winter gal. I'm a fall gal, and it, I five. It's, it's been 
absolutely beautiful. The weather has been wonderful, and I'm just really grateful for that because, hallelujah, the sweat has gone, and I'm a sweaty gal. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Oh, wow. Sweaty well, gal spitting in the, in the goggles. Yeah. <laughs> she's sweaty and she spits. She's a keeper, guys. Tell my husband that. <laughs> oh, he loves your sweaty spitting. <laughs> So good. Um, but yeah, no, I, honestly, the weather has just been so wonderful and it, it's just, it brings a lot of joy and, and Canadian, Canadian falls are some of the most beautiful fall weathers. I mean, the colors, the changing, it's just absolutely stunning. And, and we're seeing that and it's, yeah, it's like 700 degrees below zero. I've had my HVA system off for like two weeks now, so it's I can amazing. There. It's been- <laughs> I've got my heat on. Um, <laughs> And the, the second thing that made me happy this past week is, as you all know, obviously I read a lot. Um, and I recently finished, I don't know, like four books. But uh, the one that I want to talk about is called Comfort Me with Apples. Um, it is, um, I would say it's it's a very like, it's pretty dark, but in a really, really good way. Um, it's a very short book, actually. I think it only has a hundred and three pages. It's like it's a really short book, but it's very well written. I have not read a book with such beautiful prose, and it's oh my gosh, it the the ending just like blew me away. It was just it's such a good book, and um, I highly recommend you guys reading it. So um, yeah, that's the other thing that made me happy, and. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. But, you know, on that note, wherever you're listening to us, thank you so much for taking the time, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or night. We really appreciate it heavily. I hope you understand okay. that. Nick, she likes Sunny Delight, just so you know. Notice she's quiet. <laughs> she got some Sunny Delight. Dude, that was it. She wanted Sunny Delight. There you go. All right. Well, on that note, guys, hopefully we'll talk to you guys very soon. Bye.